Good morning, everybody. This is Sonia, and we're doing the Marvelously Mature podcast. Like I said before, I'm not giving a date because that kind of messes us up when I'm posting. But today we're going to talk about our second half. And I was telling the ladies that often when I am researching and trying to find information on Black women in their second half, what they're doing in the last parts of their days of being just young women, basically, because I don't think we're old. I think we're just older and more mature. Mm -hmm. When we get in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, sometimes life changes for us, and we have to make choices and decisions on what we're going to do. Sometimes we realize that we don't have enough money saved for retirement, so we have to do side hustles, or so they're called. So today we're going to talk about how we came about or came up on or how we're doing that second part of our lives. Some people call it reinvention. Some people call it reimagining. I call it just living. So I have with me Miss Ursula and Miss Deborah, and we're going to just openly discuss what's going on. So Deborah told me to start with Ursula, and Ursula bit off an apple. So I'm gonna start with me and give everybody a chance. Deborah's eating banana pudding, y'all. <laughs> so. I uh, never really thought about the second part of my life. And now that I think about it now, it's because I'm in the second part. And I don't think anybody ever gave us an opportunity to dream or to just reimagine what we wanted to do. Now, when we were younger, we kids, we always had these things we were going to do. But most of it was colored by what somebody else said we should be doing. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a tall girl. And people used to say, oh, you should be a flight attendant. There are several things wrong with that. I don't like to fly. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. Now we'll fly. I've flown to Europe and other places, but I don't necessarily like it. So, you know, flight attendant, I didn't know then I didn't like to fly, but I knew I was afraid of heights. And I just could not imagine being way up there in the sky with nothing beneath me except air. So flight attendant was out. But what I really wanted to do was write. And I didn't get any encouragement from anyone except maybe my stepmother, who was my uh, sophomore English teacher. And she did it because I was late to her class every day, first period, and did it deliberately because I knew there was really nothing she could do about it. She wasn't going to send me to the office because my father would not have been happy about that. So she told me what I had to do was join her creative writing club. And I did and started writing poetry and short stories and loved every minute of it. But when I mentioned to somebody that's what I wanted to do, they said, ain't no black folk making no money writing. Get you a real job. Especially not black women. Mm -hmm. You better learn how to do something else. So I learned how to type, 10 key by touch. Back then they called it key punch operator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we call it computer. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned how to do many things so I could get a job and make some money. But in my heart, I really wanted to write. I'm so glad that nobody ever told Toni Morrison that. Or... But Toni Morrison I'm sure they was, I'm sure they did yeah. too. But when we talk about Toni Morrison, because she's one of the subjects of my uh, paper, Toni Morrison was in her 50s. That's true. She That's right. That was her second And, and now what she did, that was her second act because second she, was, she was an editor at Random House. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, for years. And, and it was, was something they told her she wasn't supposed somebody to Somebody told her that she should write. 
They were in Random House with her, I believe, wow. her supervisor or somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's how she got started. Now, I've done research on a lot of women. If you really look at uh, Ava DeJanae, yes, Kelly, what's her name? Um, that's not her name. The lady who played uh, the closer in the presidential show. Oh, Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington. They were in their 40s. A lot of women out there doing things now are older women. But we don't know that. Mm. We don't even really think about that. Mm -hmm. Shonda Rhimes wasn't a baby when she got started. Mm -hmm. Some and, and when I was doing my research, a lot of them were saying they would not have been able to do what they do now had they started mm -hmm. early. But if you Google women doing things, 10 women you should know, all of them are in their late 20s and early 30s. Very seldom do we find something about women that are older. And y'all, I'm sorry, we're kicking butt and taking names. Yep. And I think that needs to be said. So one of the things that I want to talk about today was, you know, our second half. Because our stories are not being told, and if they are being told, they're so few or so muted that nobody's hearing them. So now in my second half, I like to write. I like to talk. I'm going to school. And I have people asking me, why are you going to school? Are you going to get a job? <laughs> get a better job. <laughs> I got the best job in the world. And that is the one where I do what I want to when I want to. That's it. I can write. I can talk. I would love to teach. Now, if I get a job, yes. But I wouldn't consider that a job because that's something I like doing. Mm -hmm. And I said all that to say. Nobody showed us how to dream. Nobody told us it was okay to dream because when our parents were growing up, they had to work. You better get your good job, mm -hmm. a good government job if you're lucky. Now, I honestly believe that it is important to get a job. I know too many people who have gotten jobs back in the past, stayed on those jobs for 20 years, 25 years, retired with nice incomes. I wasn't one of those people. I give you a good three maybe five, and then I got to go because it's time for me to learn something else. And I do not know why I did that. But I can tell you that what you do is you take your experiences as a young woman, and then you parlay them into what you're going to be. So when I grow up, I'm going to be a writer. And now I'm going to move to Deborah because she threw eating. <laughs> so Miss Deborah. I know in the first part of your life, you were raising kids and you were a stockbroker and you're a talented woman and, and you're a minister. But now that you are at the marvelous and mature stage of your life, how are you reinventing yourself? Wow. That, <clears throat> how am I reinventing myself? Um, it, it's transitional. I, I know what... I have done in the past that I liked doing and that I could make a living from doing that. And that, and what I'm doing now is honing my skills on that because while I was raising kids or, uh, well, grandkids now, and I'm not raising them because thankfully I, I am an empty mister because there are a lot of people our age that are raising grandkids. I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and my hat is off to them because, wow, 
that that's a second act in itself. One of the things I enjoyed most um, in the first act was uh, it afforded me the opportunity to do public speaking all over the country uh, and, and internationally. And I love public speaking and I love motivational speaking. I love educating people on something I think is important for them to know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm in the process now of I want to build a course because I want my time to be my own. Mm -hmm. And so I will do some individual coaching uh, in the area of um, one of the areas I'm, I'm exploring and I like so far is uh, teaching people how to declutter. Uh, and it's a tremendous demand because every social economic <laughs> level and culture has people that are very secret clutters. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to call them hoarders, uh, but to say hoarding tendencies. You just have too much stuff. I think everybody. You just have too I much know, stuff. I don't know anybody that is. I know some people who aren't. Really? Very, very few. Good. Very few. Uh, I have a daughter who will buy stuff that's in her closet. And ever so often, she'll go in her closet and she'll pull all this stuff out. Mm -hmm. She does not hold on to things. And it's probably because when she was growing up, her mother held on to a lot of stuff. Yes. And they will choose the opposite. Yes. yes. And, and she has definitely chosen chosen the opposite. And you, and my the way I, I'm designing my course is there's some that were always little clutter bugs, you know, and there are some that due to trauma uh, just started cluttering. They started uh, gathering things uh, unconsciously uh, and Go ahead. So then we were just having the mentors I did have in my career. Um, one of the ones that's, that sticks out the most is one that I had when uh, originally I was working at, I was at EDS and it changed over to HP. But even prior to him, I remember one of my mentors telling me that it, you should, he said, ask for what you want. He said, it's not a shame to ask for what you want. He said, that doesn't mean you're going to get it. He said, but you should at least ask. He said, because I can't. He said, the only thing they can do is tell you no. That's it. He said, that's all they can do, or so let's tell you no. And so I walked out of his office and came back in later and said, can I have a 27-inch monitor because the one I've got and I'm working on is low and we're looking at them files. He said, well, how much does those cost? I said, it costs this much and I can order you one too. And he said, okay. I was like, he told me later, he said, that's how you got it, huh? So if I come and tell you, you can order yours. I said, yeah. He said, I like that. So you figured a way around it. And I realized then that if you if you can talk to people, if you talk mm -hmm. to people and you do it where, and I guess it's when one of them told me this is a niche of mine, that if I talk to people and tell them no, but but not tell them no, but tell them how I can do it. And I learned that at very early, that what I can do and how I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can't, may not be able to tell them that I'm giving them exactly what they want, but just tell them how I can do it and when I can do this mm -hmm. and then give them stages. And hopefully we can get to this point. Mm -hmm. They're very open to that. Yeah. And men are very open to, and the ones that I've worked with, um, when I was with this, when I was with ADS, I was sitting on one of those clients of one of my first biggest accounts. Um, and nobody wanted it because this gentleman was 
was mean. I mean, everybody talked about how he would cuss and scream and yell in the meetings with them. And I mean, and truly call them names. So of course I went in and was scared just like everybody else and was wondering how the heck did I get this and why did <laughs> Steve give this to me and what was he trying to do to me? Um, and I walked in and the man, and we worked together and I had been on the count by the time I finally really broke, he down, broke down and started laughing when we got to a good point that we could work together. I'd been on the count for about three months and he had cursed everybody out and screamed and yelled and I'd sit in the back, do my job. You know, make comments, add what I needed to add when I need to add it. So as one day I walked in and I had to do the report because my director was out. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the day I get cussed out. And then my thought was, I can deal with everything as long as he don't call me the N-word. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he called me the N-word, then we got a problem and I'm going to have to find another job. But it's okay <laughs> because I was basically homeless at the time. But not homeless. I didn't have a house or an apartment because I was traveling all the time mm-hmm. and was gone. So I just figured I'd save the money. Yeah. You know, I was living in hotels. So what's the difference? <laughs> so he started in and I'm telling him our issues were. And of course, he starts yelling and screaming. And he was a smoker and a drinker. So we would be in his office at night and he would break out his cigarettes and his scotch. Mm-hmm. And he start well, he started coughing and spitting. And everybody else was looking at it. I stepped back from him and looked at it and bust out laughing. I don't know what made me laugh. I can't even begin to tell you, but I bust out laughing. He said, what the hell are you laughing at? I said, cause you offense to die and you too stupid to even ask for help. I said, do you need me to pat you in your back? And he said, and he looked at me and started laughing mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. He said, why wouldn't anybody else tell me that I'm too stupid to ask for help? I said, I don't know. I said, because it was y'all's mistake that made us happy here right now that got you so upset. I said, why you want to blame us? And me and him just started talking. And I mean, we were sitting there talking like this, just him. And everybody else is just sitting around. Being shy. Just looking. (laughs) She she just called him stupid and got away with it. And we went on. So later we get out of the after we finish the meeting, the two senior directors that was on the account, we walk out and they call me and they go, do you realize that you called him stupid? I said, do you realize that we had the best conversation and meeting that we've had the entire time we've been on this account? Mm-hmm. And we were like, yes, we did. And that's why we're going to leave you in charge. Mm-hmm. And we're leaving and go back home. Like, oh, that's right. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah, because you can handle so, them because we can't. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it was, it was just things like that. Like I said, I was always putting in these positions mm-hmm. that I didn't think I could do it. But it was like, I've got to. So let's just pull up your big girl's panties, walk on in there and let's it's going to get this done. It's, you know, what's the worst can happen? You'd be looking for another job tomorrow. Well, you know, but back in the day, that was no thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's me off when I walk in the office. That's it. I'm trying to get my person to go home. Now, mind you, I had little children who needed me to have an income mm-hmm. and insurance. But somewhere in my mental mind, I would forget all that. Because one thing I never did was disrespect. Mm-hmm. Now, while I talk a whole lot of noise now, Back in the day, I was a very quiet person. Nobody believes that, but I was. And you could pile stuff on top of me. <laughs> and I would continue to deal with it. And then one day, I don't know what happened. It was like, you got to take that. Mm. Obviously, we don't understand the definition of quiet. I, I, I promise you. I, was I promise you. Yeah, yeah. I, I promise voice. you. You can ask people I grew up with, and they will tell you. I used to talk so softly. People say, I can't hear you. What are you saying? I don't do that no more. <laughs> because 
life life life, life will change. Life like happens. That. Look, when you're a single parent of five children. Mm. Mm. Without an education mm. and with jobs that barely pay you enough money mm. to pay mm. your bills, mm -hmm. and you have to come up with a hundred side hustles to help. I didn't know what call side hustles then. It was just a way for me to make money. You find your voice, and if you don't find your voice, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. So I don't understand now, and and so you know how you you say, and and Yolanda, who's not here today, she's good at that too. Mm -hmm. I have heard her in meetings say, "Okay, okay, I take full responsibility." I'm in the background saying, uh-uh, because that wasn't your fault. That was so-and-so's mm -hmm. fault, right? Mm -hmm. She knows how to. Spoke it over. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I call a spade a spade, and it is what it is. Now, Pastor said something today that kind of alluded to, it doesn't really matter. You can let it go. You have to let it go. You mm -hmm. have to let it go. You have to let it go. And so to grow, and he didn't say that. I'm on that one, and he'll steal it if he hear it. <laughs> but to grow, you do have to let, let it go. go. You do. But who you are, at a certain age, you are who you are. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean be rude and disrespectful to others, even though, you know, we know this young man. So when I get out of my car, when I get here, I've probably stopped at the store, may have cooked breakfast, had to stop and pick stuff up. I hit the floor running and I'm trying to get here so we can get things set up. Mm -hmm. He's lollygagging and walking and, you know, and I'm, I'm like, hey, 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 could you come get this? Ooh, not good morning, not thank you. And I don't mean to be rude to him, but he sees it that way, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And I try to explain to him my expectations of you or when you see me coming with my arms full, mm -hmm. that you step in and you help. But as a young man, he should do that. It's training. It's a training, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying his mother didn't train him that way. I'm just saying he hasn't absorbed it just yet. Mm -hmm. That's right. But he's growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he's learning. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I think it is our responsibility to not only him, but anybody, any youth, any, mm -hmm. that we need to make sure that we impart to them in a, in a, in a respectful way. Yes. Because we, we show him respect. Right. And we, we do. show him we, we care. He knows we care. And, and it, because I think it was Cher who said to him, if we didn't care, we wouldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not telling you this to put you down. I'm telling you this because I'm trying to help you help yourself, which is really totally off subject. Because I'm gonna go back to Ursula because she's gonna tell us about the second half. Okay. So my second half in life, like I said, it's it's scary because it's not it's not my norm, and I think that's what it is. It's it's, um, it's all of a sudden not having that. Um, Cushion? That ex yeah, and and I had a, I had a nice cushion, I I did, and unfortunately there's been not unfortunately I gotta find a better word to use. Um, life, life, things in life happened years ago, several years ago, uh, and going back several years back, uh, things in my life started changing, and and it wasn't because of me. And I think that was one of the things that I've had to, to deal with and realize. And, and actually I've taken and take kind of take responsibility because at some point I could have said no. I could have said no when it started. I could have gone, no, you can't come here. I will not support you. I will not take care of you. You know, there's things I could have done, uh, but I didn't. And and I can't say that I 
And I don't think that I was wrong for not doing it. Um, yes, it has caused some strains, some, some very difficult strains on me. Um, my life has been completely turned upside down. It's completely different. Um, I love the fact that I had my own home. My car was paid for, two cars was, you know, was paid for, one was paid for. Now I went out and bought another one because I had just bought another car because I had turned 50 and I thought, yeah, mm -hmm. and things were good. My home wasn't paid for, but I was in a good position to paying it off. And I'm like, you know, here I'm 50. So if I go out and buy a $100,000 car, who going to be mad at me? It's my money. My money. Right? I got the money. I'm good with this. And that's what I did. I had a six-free salary. I ain't worried about it. I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden, it was like slap, slap. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. And then struggle, get back on track, going. And then another slap. And I'm like, okay, God, come on. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I work on this, and this, and then another slap. And it's like, wait a minute, come on. What did I do? Yeah. And I was like, ah, can't do that. Stop. Don't start asking what you've done. Remember, there's this blessings. The blessings. It's coming. It's coming. And I'm like, mmm. <laughs> and then another slap would come, and I was like, okay, God, I know you're coming through. I know you're coming through, but I don't know who you, but you're coming through. But I'm not liking this. I'm not liking this. And this, this has truly been a struggle for me. Uh, but I've learned that I have stepped out on faith. I know that I don't want to go back into corporate America. I know that I, I can. And I've even slipped up as recently as this past week. I did update my resume and send it out to somebody that asked me um, for a product manager's position, senior project man product manager's position over at AWS and he wants me to come in. And, but even knowing that and going into that position, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I know deep down I don't want to do that. So how long will I be in that position before I sabotage myself? Because And that's what my other fear is on that, is that the second half, knowing that I want to do something different and I'm going to sabotage myself if I go back to that first part. But with my second half, I want to, I started, when things started going bad, I started trying to figure out things that I could do to calm myself, to just keep my mind, um, that weren't me sitting there trying to go through some kind of technical file and try to figure out what needs to be done, who I need to talk to, what issues were coming in, who I needed to make sure was in the track and in the place and where they needed to be. Right. Um, so I started making wigs. And it was just by chance, you know, I was sitting there looking and somebody said, and believe it or not, at the time, I didn't know they had all those videos and everybody was doing that. <laughs> That's just, good. Didn't know. Say, no, they already done that. Yeah, they know <laughs> nothing about that. Just start like going, oh, this is like, this is what you can do. Mm -hmm. And started. What I realized, it was very calming to me uh, that it was something I could do and I did it quickly and it didn't, it didn't require me to try to figure out rocket science or making sure that there were 15 or 20 different people in the right place at the right time. Everybody had the software, you know, if you were in the same country or somebody in another country could get on a video mm -hmm. or that I didn't have that, that I didn't have to pack a suitcase and get to an airport to fly somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, and I enjoyed that. So that was, that's part of mine. It's just making wigs and I enjoy doing it. So also in that research and find out that there are so many things you can do with that. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of the videos where the women are doing them and they're doing them for just 
you know, just normal people. And I'm okay with doing it for just, you know, the people, the women that are men that want them. But I saw where you can do them for people that actually have medical reasons for why they need or, or want these. And that's what I'm working on now towards getting a certification to actually work with companies and insurance companies to actually provide. And cranial prosthetics is what they call them. Yeah. It's cranial prosthetics for them. Um, and also there's kind of like big, bigger money in that, you know, mm -hmm. make $120 yeah, yeah. on a regular prosthetic, big, you know, $2,300 <laughs> on one. <is> even better. <laughs> so that's one of the things. But then I also realized is that because I do have this IT skill, um, I'm working on, actually just, I was showing Bo today, uh, his website. And he was in, like, in, in the middle of my, I didn't, yeah. He, you know, it was asked about a question and I showed it. So yeah, I did, I missed a couple of slides today. So I want to apologize that I was a couple of slides behind. <laughs> so y'all, I'm a hard taskmaster and I'm looking at the screen and my slides are not moving. And I'm looking back there and I see a whole conversation going on in the back of the media table and I am confused. And so it happened. And, I, and I've told them before that y'all know I can't talk and do the slides at the same time. Cause I got to be able to listen. Cause you're listening and hearing and trying to do. Now, of course, I remember somebody telling me, "Oh, that's it's really easy. All you got to do is push the button." It was a young man. <laughs> <laughs> All you do is just push the button. He I'm should like, went back there and push the button. I was like, "Hmm, yeah, okay." I don't think he's actually had a chance to actually go through and see that it is not as easy mm. as people want to no, it's think not. it is. Cause it's really not. While it may seem it really is not, but. I realize that with this IT skill that I, I do have these skills, so why not use them? And that's why I've started doing things. Yeah, I've started with the websites um, and I'm even building my website to go to show out to people um, to just get into this is some of the things you can do, even if it is coming in and setting up someone's infrastructure. Because believe it, that people don't realize that just because you're going into a small business, you can actually set up a network. Mm -hmm. People don't know about infrastructure security, mm -hmm. uh, network security. They believe that if I put a password on my that takes care of it. Yeah, 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 my Wi-Fi that I'm good. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not. And consider that I've got tons of experience in infrastructure, networking, security, and that's what I did. Um, and then going into the cloud, cloud security and infrastructure. So those are things that I'm just starting, just freelance for small, smaller companies and helping them get set up. So those are two of them. Um, I did see this one that I thought about, which was, but you know, they always talk about how drop shipping is out. Mm -hmm. And that's when those is kind of like a passive income. Mm -hmm. And I've been looking at, um, because yeah, I do think maybe drop shipping to start, you, there's been a lot of people to get into it, mm -hmm. but people are going to always buy stuff on the internet. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, always, you know, it's true. So, and if you as a matter of fact, that's most shopping is going to start being done that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially with the pandemic that we're going yeah. through. Yeah. Brick and mortar is history. So, and, and some people still do that pretty good and okay. Yeah. But you know, very not nobody hustle. Yeah. Hustle never. It's more expensive. <laughs> so why not get into something that's a passive income that yeah. I can set up Absolutely. and let it run all day, every day, that's all right. by itself. Seven streams. All yeah. of it. All by streams. Uh, somebody even asked me about doing, uh, one of the other gentlemen that wants to talk about doing his website about flipping houses. 
uh, as soon as there was something I wanted to do. And, and like I told him, it's not a passion of mine. So I don't think I would be mm-hmm. very good at that. But it actually crossed my mind recently to maybe go out and see about doing flipping three or four houses. Mm-hmm. Not because it's a passion, but to me, that seems like it's a way to make maybe quicker income, mm-hmm. a nicer set of income to set up other things. That you want to do. That I want to do. Board. Yeah. And probably do that a lot faster than the other items that I have mm-hmm. and making a larger sum of money um, to help support and bag other things mm-hmm. because it's going to take a while to get the wig business up to a point that is okay. And one of the other things I had to realize is that I am not going to immediately be able to replace my previous income. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a hard thing to do mm-hmm. is to, to come to the realization that either I have got to go back to work or just deal with the fact that I am not replacing that mm-hmm. income because yeah. that income is, yeah. I'm going to have to sell a lot of weeds. <laughs> but you know, the beauty of it is not even in replacing that income, but being comfortable enough mm-hmm. yeah. and in loving what you do. Loving yeah. what you do. Because I'm, I still think about the first part of life. We do what it's suggested that we do. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I was never a flight attendant, but I did get a good government job mm-hmm. and have had several jobs since then. People called them good, mm-hmm. but they weren't paying a hundred k a year plus, so they were just really okay. But they were still no. a means to an end. That's right. You know, and, yeah. and the end was paying TXU, yeah, the mortgage Give company, roof over the water company. And, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is a good job. And, and I and I've heard somebody else make the comment. And they were saying, "Well, I don't, I don't have a job as good as yours." And I'm having that conversation with someone before. Mm -hmm. And I told them, are you able to pay all your bills and you still have money left over at the end? And they were like, yeah. I said, then you've got a good job. That's right. Mm -hmm. I said, because there are a lot of people out there that can't pay all of their bills. Mm -hmm. And when they do pay them, they don't have two pennies when they're left and they're struggling. Mm -hmm. I said, so you've got a good job. Mm -hmm. You just want more. I said, the problem is, is you can't compare your salary and your job Mm -hmm. to my salary and my job because we went in different directions. That's right. If we were both on the same track mm-hmm. and you were sitting there and saying, I'm doing this and I'm making this and I'm over here doing making this mm-hmm. and doing that, then you could compare. Mm-hmm. I said, but we're not. So don't, don't do compare. Yeah. And like I said, as long as you're able to do what you need to do when you need to do it and you've got all your bills mm-hmm. taken care of and you still got money left over mm-hmm. and you are happy, mm-hmm. you've got a good job. Key phrase, firm, term, happy. Mm-hmm. Are you satisfied with what you're doing? Yeah. Okay. I'm never satisfied. I always can figure out something else to add to it, right? But I think that's part of the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you just named a dozen <laughs> different things that you were doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a dozen that I've done and Pastor Deborah came back with. Is there anything you don't do? <laughs> no. There's not. If I can figure out how to do it, I'm going to do it. But what I'm learning is just because I can do it, I mean, I need to do it. Yes. But if I like doing it. See, I like making cuticle creams and foot creams. It's winter time. It's time to get those things out there, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Girl, somebody tell me you're going to make a cuticle cream or foot cream. I look at them as a bust. I laugh. That's if I'm going to bake something. That's another laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And and then, you know, and the baking, too. It, mm. It's like I, I like doing all those things. Mm-hmm. I like doing them, but I love writing. Yeah, I really love writing. I don't have time to write now because what? Well, I'm writing because I'm writing this paper for school, right? Yeah, so but that's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not the same not thing. Fine. 
because there are guidelines set yes. that I have to follow. And you're an excellent writer. writer. Yes, because I, mean, I can see writer. you come out, and then I see the guidelines. You know, yeah, I'm saying so you have to bring it back in the structure. I do, and 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 I'm so thankful that there is a uh, professor at school who I can send my work to, mm-hmm. and she don't look like me. Mm-hmm. And she don't think like me, mm-hmm. but she can read my work and say, okay, you know what? I see that point. And what you need to change here is, you know, it, your sentence structure mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, watch your commas. But I wouldn't change anything that you're saying. And I'm so glad because I don't want to change nothing I'm saying. That's either. right. That's right. Because that's you. But I, and, and, but I also understand that there are powers that be that I have to put this through. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, this paper is going to someone who does look like me. And who mm-hmm. is not offended at all that I call out America mm-hmm. for their attitude toward women as we age. That's right. My God, especially black women. It's like we're so in, in invisible. Right. And we're really not. Yeah. Because while the young women are doing their thing and I am so proud of them and so happy for them, mm-hmm. we are the shoulders that they stand on to get where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Because we stood on shoulders to get where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said I was gonna make that T-shirt. I am. We are not our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And so Pastor Gordon says to me, "Our ancestors were strong." I said they were, mm-hmm. but they put up with a lot of stuff so we can get where we need to go. So we we don't have to put up with it now. We need to know where we're going. We need to figure it out. Nobody has given us permission. Mm-hmm. We need to give ourselves permission. Yeah, yeah. Your life belongs to you. Yeah. So. And our life says one of we've trained them to think that we are selfless and competent in everything. And but our we, intent was not to train them that. Our intent was to make that path. That's right. To, keep to them, give them yeah. a springboard. Well, to, not, yeah. and I'm not no, even talking about them. To, to, to make that path, to clear the path yeah. for mm-hmm. ourselves. You yeah. know, you do what you need to do to get where you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. And then at some point you'd be like, okay, I may not have gotten her yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ursula was talking about earlier about mentors. You were talking about mentors. Yes. There's a lady, um, I think she's in Dallas. I'm gonna mess her name up. It's Francois Booker Drew. You can Google her. Uh, she's been interviewed by some of the major magazines. She she said on a, a Zoom uh, event that I listened to that we all need mentors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sponsors. Yes. And that's a it doesn't matter the color of their skin or their time. gender. We you all need mentors up. and mm-hmm. sponsors because what we do to get where we need to go, there needs to be somebody ahead of us yes. that's that's making yes. that path, right? Yes. So I just think that it's important. I think it's important that we learn as we enter our second half that yeah. we can dream. Yeah. That we can move forward. And that look. If this dream is turned into a nightmare, we can wake up. I'm changing. Hello. Hey, dolly back and start Three over again. Milk, go back As I tell my niece, you know, <laughs> things have changed. Life is hard. So what we do is we take a step and we adjust. That's it. Take a step. Adapt, she said and adjust. Adapt and adjust. And, adapt I, and actually, Trisha asked me this morning. She says, take a step and adjust. She said, I like that. She said, how did you come up with that? I said, well, you know, God says he'll never give you anything that you can't handle. Right. I said, so I figured that whatever I've got, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I take that step. That's it. And then I'll just mm-hmm. let him see what else he's going to give me. Yes. And I take this. I said, and that's how I've had to start looking at things. I said, because other than that, I'd be crying every day, all oh, day, wow. in the morning, thinking, oh, Lord, woes is me. I said, and I've stopped what I have to stop. And, I'm, I, and it's still work in progress. 
I've stopped looking back and saying, yes. oh, when I had. Oh, yeah. That's when things started happening. Hard. That's when yeah. I had, when yeah. I had. Because, yeah. yes, true enough, if life had not happened the way it did and it was going the way mm-hmm. Ursula had planned it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, house would be paid off, mm-hmm. car be paid off, mm-hmm. I'd have a vacation house mm-hmm. now in yes. Costa Rica because yes. that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we would, and I'd be okay. Yeah. And I would be five years from my retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I'd be okay, and I'd be set. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. didn't happen that way. Yeah. Cause you know what? One supposed to, but mm-hmm. I would give nothing. What's that book? I would give nothing for my journey now. Mm-hmm. Nothing, mm-hmm. because I am who I am because of what I went through. Mm-hmm. Now, would I go back and change some stuff? A lady told me one time, and and mm-hmm. I, she's not the only one that has ever said it to me, that she felt sorry for me. I was like, why? Because you've got these kids to take care of. I said, girl, God don't make no mistake. He made me a mother. Made me a black woman first. He made me a mother. And I appreciate everything that he's ever done. The only thing that I would bring him to task for would be, could you have added a few more dollars to it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think so I've ever thought this to someone. I feel sorry for them because they had kids. Hmm. I, if anything, I've said that. In my mind, even though I didn't want children, um, I've felt sorry for myself in that respect. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I've, and I can't even say sorry, but I've always wondered, what was it that I missed that I didn't want them, that they weren't a part? I remember telling my mother they weren't a necessity, so I didn't need to have them because Mm -hmm. they weren't a necessity. And I knew that way. and he that set was, you he, up for what you're doing what you, now. Yeah, right? and I'm like, and all the nieces and, then, and nephews that adore you. Yeah, yeah so that, that was one thing. I, so I've never felt sorry for people that had. I've always thought it is so awesome that you have it and that you want it and you've got those because I'm here and I don't have them. And and the greatest part about it is that they all tell me and and they've all told me. Well, the three that would most would have all told me. Oh, and I said, don't worry about it. I got you when you get older. And they when do, you get old, I got you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I've and I don't worry about it because. No, no. But I think her I think her problem her point was probably the struggle. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the struggle was real. Mm-hmm. I think that was her point was, was. The, having to take care of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 is real. But you know what? It it, it was <sighs> real. But it was nothing I belabored or thought about. Yeah, yeah. you don't have time you for that. Do yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. What did you say? Step take a step, take and, a step and, and adjust. adjust. Take a step and adjust. That's how you can do. So, yeah. Hey, it has been life. Life has been good, and I want it to continue to be good. I wouldn't take nothing. For your journey. Nothing. I, I, I would go through it all over again. I would go through it all over again. And there's, you know, but just a couple more dollars. I yeah. like that. <laughs> That's all I could ask them is to say, Lord, you know what? I'd do it again. And I'd do it again without the extra money. Mm-hmm. But now that I know now what I know. Yeah. And I could go back and start over again. Yeah, with the wisdom that you have girl, now. Girl. If I could know now and then go back. Mm. Keep talking, ladies. We got four. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to end our segment. Thank you for listening. And please share our podcast with others.